This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. It's Monday morning right here on MPB Think Radio. And my goodness, it's Valentine's Day. Today in the studio with Java and myself, we have Joe Sherman back in the house. Good morning and welcome back, Joe. Good morning. It's great to be here. Valentine's Day. You look great. Well, thank you. Thank Uh, you. I'm sorry that our listeners can't see you. It's probably better for them. (laughs) You know? So, what, what's going on in your kitchen? I know you and your wife uh, do a lot of entertaining and cooking. You got a lot of family that comes over. What, what was it like here over the weekend? Well, uh, actually, we uh, it was my birthday over the weekend. Oh, my, I forgot. My birthday, Valentine's birthday. My birthday, uh, Super Bowl, and Valentine's all in two what days. What a weekend. Man, what wow. a week. So, we are, are planning, you know, so when it gets 60 degrees, Mary Pryor wants to cook soup. Okay. Or chili, okay. or yeah. something that's you know hearty and makes you you know comfort food, as she would call it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she you know she doesn't follow a recipe, but it always comes out the same, and it's always great. So we've been doing a little of that. We um, also we I made Valentine's cookies for. Uh, I see that, and you brought some. I brought you some. They're I, delicious. I wish our listeners could see the studio. <laughs> it is loaded up on sugar. We have some sugar, so we're going to be uh, talking a lot of sweetness today. Now, you made these cookies? I did. Yes, I well, did. T- tell us a little bit about them. Well, Are those the, sugar cookies? They're the sugar cookies. It's, uh, let me see, two sticks of butter, one egg, uh, one and a half teaspoons of vanilla extract, a half a teaspoon of almond extract. You mix it together. Mm-hmm. Then you add in two and a half cups of flour with, that's mixed with a teaspoon of salt. You put it in a mixer, mixer put the dough hook in. And you're off to the races. Simple. It's simple. It's real simple. And, and, really and the glaze? Good. The glaze is confectionate sugar, water, and almond extract. And the, it's red? And, the, and it's red. The, the heart-shaped, obviously. Yeah, obviously. The recipe calls for using milk, but why waste the milk? Water does just as well. It's now, in the other box, you have some heart-shaped donuts from a place that uh, you are affiliated with. Yes, we have some heart-shaped donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. We have uh, Cupid's Choice and a batter. A brownie batter donut, which is a heart-shaped donut with chocolate icing, pink and red sprinkle, pink and white sprinkles, and filled with brownie batter. And I'm sure mm. it's not any good at all. No. So, <laughs> so nationwide, uh, Dunkin' Donuts does this. Yes, they do it every. And we we do convert all of our cases to heart-shaped donuts uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, okay. And so we, we we make a stand for heart-shaped donuts. Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll go back to the regular round donuts and the donuts with a hole in the middle. So now you. You're part owner. Tell, tell us about your affiliation with uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Well, I was in partnership with uh, a couple of guys, Fred Carl being one, whose birthday is today. Happy hey, birthday, happy Fred. Happy birthday, Fred. And uh, Tony Antoon. And when we sold, uh, we had 17. We sold all but one, and I bought the one in Pearl, so I had a place to get out of the kitchen and let Mary Pryor have the house to herself. So that's my retirement job. So, so you're in the donut business. I'm in the donut on business. On the side. On the side, baby. How is business? Excellent. Good. Excellent. Good. You know. 
Well, my wife thought it would be appropriate to send the two of you guys a little gift, so she baked uh, a cold oven pound cake uh, per Java's request. I was just about to say, I think I may have uh, you know, pushed her in this direction because I spoke with her uh, about a totally unrelated matter. Yeah. And then at the end of the conversation, she was like, well, is there any, anything else you want to talk with me about or you got any questions for me? And I said, um... Yeah, can you bring another pound cake? <laughs> <laughs> so she sent a pound cake up a couple of weeks ago, but anyway, it was really good. And this one's outrageous. She made two. Of course, I got one, and uh, Joe and uh, Java get the other. Thank one. you, Kara. Yeah, thank Speaking, you, Kara. Speaking of Kara, you asked what we were doing in the kitchen. We've been braising chicken thighs, and I marinated uh-huh. in Italian dressing. But I made the dressing that's in Please Pass the Pilaf ah. cookbook, and I used that as the marinade. Her grandmother's. Exactly. It was phenomenal. So that's phenomenal. sweet. So, that's cool, uh, Joe. And speaking of Armenian food, I posted uh, an Armenian salad on Cooking and Coping uh, this week and uh, got a lot of great positive uh, reinforcement. And Kara made it uh, yesterday, oh, day before yesterday. Uh-huh. So we've been eating Armenian salad uh, for three days, and there's very little of it left. But it's a nice uh, salad of onions and uh cucumbers and zucchinis and gabonzo beans Ooh. and this wonderful uh, sort of vinaigrette delicious salad uh and i also posted uh this past week about a cucumber salad i just i don't know why i've been thinking about summertime and i posted onions my, cucumbers and tomatoes i that's love right. that salad i love that salad. next thing <clears throat> please pass the kid because that that's perfect uh, side dish and this is what one of our uh, cooking and coping uh friends posted about the cucumber onion tomato salad uh edward gibson from bay st louis posted this i believe the cucumber onion salad is a hallmark of civilization fire the wheel domestication of animals and the cucumber salad (laughs) well put i I think he summed it up in, in, in Less than 50 words. Well, yesterday uh, was the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, what did you What did you dine on we during the Super Bowl? We ribs. Had ribs. Ribs. Baked. And I didn't cook. I okay. purchased the ribs. Uh, then baked beans that Mary Pryor made. And as some people call it, <coughs> and we had mustard slaw, which is mustard, mayonnaise, sugar, and a pre-bag slaw. It's uh, great. Uh-huh. I like mustard slaw. Yeah, so my dad used to put on his hamburgers in the pool hall. So, so no finger food, just just oh, we did a have rib some, We did have some appetizers, but nothing. What about know. the snackle box? We used the snackle <laughs> box. We did use the snackle box on the Lunar New Year oh, at, okay. uh, at Janet Wagner's house. Okay, and uh, it was a big hit, and we recreated some of the things that we had at our house one night, and it's. Tucked away for the next snackle box occasion. Well, it's a beautiful thing, the snackle box. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, that's a plastic tackle box tackle that you box. would buy at a sporting goods store and that's put right. your lures and your <laughs> hooks and your your weights in, converted to an appetizer tray. That's and right. Joe, explain how the only first one I ever saw was at your house. <laughs> that's a, well, <laughs> it's a snack. So you take out the dividers to fit what you need to put in there. So you take out a couple of dividers, you put in crackers. Take out a couple, put in peanuts, and it just worked. And it's a great uh, on-the-go uh, carrier for yeah, and you orders. flip the lid, you can close seal it, and, and off you go. On, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's a giant. It's a it's a fisherman's bento box. Ah. How about that? 
Very good. Very good, <laughs> Joe Sherman. Java, Super Bowl. Oh, man. Yesterday. No, wait. Let me correct myself. A halftime show with some football on each side of it. <laughs> there you go, because from my perspective, that that was my Sunday uh, afternoon. But uh, we didn't really do any finger food. I know I've been talking about uh, wings and stuff, but it was uh, not the direction we went into yesterday. Actually, fried some catfish. Ooh. All right. So we, we had catfish and uh, whole or fillets. Uh, fillets. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then um, um, uh, baked baked potatoes, macaroni and cheese, of course. Uh, I had macaroni <laughs> and cheese as well. Yeah, so it was kind of kind of a Sunday dinner, just uh, wrapped around uh, the halftime show with uh, the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Well, it was a great halftime show uh, and a great football game. I mean, if you like football and you like music, uh, and and you didn't tune in, I'm sorry, you yeah, missed, missed it. Two two great any, events. Any uh, any commercials stand out to you guys? <clears throat> no there was a lot of Mannings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you like the Mannings. Uh, Joe, do you have a favorite? No, but I think it's the first time I've ever seen a Manning, specifically Peyton holding a beer. That's oh. true. He did a Bud Light commercial. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did a bunch oh, of commercials. Yeah, he was bowling. He was bowling, and I said, "Wait, a minute, he's got a beer." Right, right. You know, I thought yeah. that, that kind of not, yeah. Not that that's not okay, but it just yeah. You know, usually talk about insurance well, you know, with Brad Paisley or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also do uh, gaming. You know, they signed on with Caesars, okay. and there's a huge – well, you've seen the commercials. Yeah. Everybody's seen them. The, the Manning family uh, with the Caesars. I guess that's online gaming. I don't know. So, Joe, you and I have a mutual friend, Elaine Trigiani, uh, oh, yes. who – she's over in Italy. She grew up in Mississippi. She lives in Italy. She's a culinary – a food uh, specialist, culinary tours. And I know you've been on some of her tours. And she sent out this morning that – she has been for during the pandemic saying you can't come to Italy now, but, and she would do these online things. But today we got an email for those of us who are on her email list that says you can come to That's Italy. That's right. It was a great. It was great to see that because, you know, she since uh, the pandemic she's been doing Zoom cooking classes and art. She's an art history major. Right. And what she will do is she'll take a portion of Italy. Say Florence, and the first part of her Zoom uh, presentation will be about the art history in the Florence area. Then she'll talk about the food, and she'll bring on uh, Lorenzo, and they will cook in her kitchen uh, Italian dishes, and then she'll send the recipes. And it's been she's has as many, she's had over a hundred people view those uh, online, for lack of a better word, cooking classes and art history. Uh, education shows so she was really great and it's really good and it's really affected their business over there she's Mm -hmm. also in the olive oil business but that's also been affected by weather so it's really great to have uh see that elaine can now start having tours uh with real people and uh if you haven't been on one and you want somebody that can just take you wherever you want to go i was telling malcolm today we went we were going to we went to the last time we went we went to rome and bologna and uh, San Giomano, and she took us about an hour out of town to this. I mean, there was nobody there. This unbelievable restaurant where the locals w- would eat. Right. So it's 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 well worth looking into. She's fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. Elaine Trigiani. You can uh, look her up, and if you're interested in an Italian trip with a little art history splashed in, some back scenes of cheesemakers and farmers oh, yeah. and the way that the olive oil is made it's really uh, i've had the great joy of when we of first went over there the first thing we told her is 
I want to see your butcher, your baker, your candlestick. That's where <laughs> right. <we live. laughs> well, in the news, Kingsford starts um, <clears throat> year two of their Preserve the Pit Fellowship Program. We talked about this last year. It is Black History Month, uh, where Kingsford, the charcoal makers, <clears throat> celebrate black barbecue culture by investing in aspiring barbecue professionals. <laughs> last year was the inaugural year, and Mississippi's very own Eddie Wright, who we've had on the show, uh, was awarded one of their 10 business grants. This program is great for aspiring barbecuers, those that you may know, so have them visit Kingsford, K-I-N-G-S-F-O-R-D dot com for more information, and that's our news tidbit for this Valentine's Day. Yeah, Eddie Wright, one of the the great barbecuers, uh, especially in the metro area. Um, but it was real exciting when he got you know got the uh, the nod from Kingsford last year. Um, uh, I guess I can call him a friend of mine. It was, <laughs> well, he is a friend of yours, and that's how we were fortunate enough to get him on the show. Yeah, and, and it was and to know about all. Of yeah, this. and it, it was great. So it's always good when somebody in your backyard, um, you know, gets recognized. So that's great. if you are uh, a barbecue yourself, Kingsford.com, they are looking to support. All right, it's time for our first break today. And uh, when we come back, we will talk some more about Valentine's Day, some of the traditions. And we will also ask, what is the most romantic restaurant in Mississippi? If you have an opinion about that, uh, you can join the conversation. one 672 Or simply shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. Joe Sherman and I and Java will all be back right after a short break. We'll talk more about Valentine's Day and love is in the air. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. It is Valentine's Day, and uh, our studio's covered up in cookies and donuts and cakes and a lot of smiling faces. <laughs> Everybody's jacked up on sugar. It's a beautiful be. day. They should be. <laughs> Joe Sherman is sitting in for Carol today. Carol's out of town, and Joe, we always appreciate you stopping by and uh, sitting in as a co-host. We also love all of your interaction on Cooking and Coping, our Facebook page. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's an honor to be here. This is this is kind of a lot of fun. Like you said, too bad people can't see us. They see how much fun we're really having. <laughs> they want to come up in here. That's right. We don't have a, we don't have a one extra mic, so now, auction. And now, Joe, you grew up in the Delta. Yes. Uh, yes. Greenville. Greenville, Mississippi. Right, right. And you were in a band in high school, right? <laughs> yes, you, I was. You were, a, you were I was a kind rhythm, of a— I was, I was a rhythm guitar player for the Strangers. And I bought my first guitar on Beale Street. For about $150. It was an Ayers guitar, which nobody mm. out in the listening audience has ever heard of. But I upgraded to a Fender Jazzmaster oh Baby boy. Blue. And uh-huh. it is worth a little bit of money, and it is now in a case under the bed. I was going to say, under the bed. It'll never be played again. <laughs> now, you and I share that. I was a rhythm guitar player in a couple of local bands uh, in Boonville in, right. in my high school days. Uh, now, tell me about the, the repertoire that your band would well, play. Well, our, our lead singer, lead guitar player that was kind of the leader of the band, no mm-hmm. pun intended, 
we knew every Beatles song known to man. But we also had to have some Motown because Motown and the Beatles were all big when I yeah. when we graduated. We were in high school. And I'll never forget, we'd play anywhere just to get exposure. I remember playing on the back of a flatbed truck at a Superette's grand opening <laughs> in Greenville, Mississippi, and we just learned how to play paperback writer. And oh, we boy. murdered it. I mean, God. It's but terrible. It was, it's a hard song, number one, and we probably should have been doing something like Twist and Shout in the first right, place. Right, three chords. <laughs> yeah, that's right, three chords. A, you know, C, A minor, F, and G, and call it a day. Come on. <laughs> now, what kind of outfits did you have on? Oh, we had on... Uh, we had a wide black belt with the picture frame gold buckle. Uh-huh. We had uh, gray shirts with white color and co- cuffs, collar and cuffs. We had on what they called back then beetle boots, mm-hmm. and we had on bell bottoms that were like a either corduroy or a blue velour. Oh boy, man, we were smooth. Yeah, yeah I'm looking good. We were smooth. We thought we were somebody. And back in those days, I get my hair straightened, and I really looked good then. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Hair straightened for yes, the sir, gig. Yes, sir, baby. Uh-huh. Now, John, <laughs> hey, I'm, 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 I'm picturing it, man. I'm picturing it. The only problem with getting your hair straightened is as the hair underneath grows out, your head starts to form a pyramid because the oh. hair still goes like this. <laughs> then you had a bouffant. The, oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, John, you grew up a DJ. Did, yeah. In, in high school, were you in bands, or did you go straight to the, well, to no, the DJ I used, world? No, I, um, from sixth grade all the way up until twelfth grade, I played alto saxophone in the marching bands. I went to uh, People's Middle School, Murrah High School. So I did that. I always tell the story, like, when my, I went to my high school, prom, senior prom, and the DJ was, eh, ah. and I was like, yeah, I could, I could do, <laughs> do I, this. I could do that. And um, I always say I turned in my saxophone for some turntables, and I really got into it like when I got into college and uh, just went on from there. Can you talk a little bit about your first gig, like Joe explained, uh, <laughs> playing out in the parking lot? Butchering paperback writer <laughs> or not? Well, my first away. Uh, actually, my first gig, I always credit uh, four uh, young ladies who I went to school with. They were having. They went to Spelman College, and I, I in my mind, I would call them the four Spelman girls because um, they had like a backyard. You know, congratulations! Right, and we'll get I, together. yeah, and I and I was a DJ, and I had <laughs> I had one turntable because I wanted to be a quote unquote purist, and then I had one CD player. You wanted to be a what? A purist. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. See, I, back in the two thousand two, CDs were coming around, so you know you could be a, a vinyl DJ or you could play on your CDs, and I wanted to be a vinyl guy, so. Two turntables and a microphone. There we go. But I had two turn. I had one. I had one turntable that I bought from the pawn shop, and then I got uh, uh, a CD player, and I had an actual PlayStation video console ah, because I figured yeah. out that you can play CDs from the PlayStation, huh. and that's that's I like I had to hook it up so I can keep the, keep the music going. That was your rig. So, Malcolm, what'd you play? What was I, your repertoire? Well, just as you say, I was a, a rhythm guitar player. And for those of you who don't know, the lead guitar player plays all the flashy stuff, stuff. where they're just noodling all. And, and and Joe and I just would play the chords, that's right. strum the chords. Give them background. That's right. So, so I had an Alamo guitar. Oh, really? My first solid body red electric Alamo. Wow. I wished I still had it. I don't have any idea. One where time it went. we went on uh, back then. They had top ten dance party. It was in Monroe and El Dorado, and we we were on top ten dance party uh, 
in El Dorado, and we sang, Every Day I Have to Cry Song by the Gentries. I remember, I remember that I remember, song. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, it is Valentine's Day, and Joe, you were telling Java and I that you did a little research about yes. the amount of money, money the shopping and, uh, that occurs during Valentine's Day. Share a little bit of that so data. In, in 2004, Valentine's Day was the number was there's more money spent on Valentine's Day than any other holiday other than the November December time period. Right. It's changed a little bit. This year there will be 23.9 billion dollars mm. spent on Valentines. And to kind of put it in perspective, that is 1.2 billion dozen roses <laughs> for twenty dollars wow. each. For twenty dollars each. <laughs> well, and have you done your spending? I've done all my spending. Okay. I've done my spending. Well, 2.4 billion of that 23.9 or 10 percent is going to be spent on chocolate. Right. And you've yeah. done that. I'm I'm, I'm all over. You're, it. I went, you're all over. I went with tulips. So did I. I went with tulips because they live longer and they're cheaper. Tulip guys, yeah, I tulips. love tulips. tulips. My, well, my wife loves tulips. Look, well, yeah, no, no, nothing's wrong with tulips. No. But, you know, I've been conditioned, I guess I'll say, That's right. for the roses. You're roses yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm a roses guy. <laughs> you know, I was so happy when Kara told me she didn't like roses. <laughs> After I'd given them to her a dozen or so times, she said, you know, I'm just going to be straight up with you. I don't like roses. I like tulips. Yeah. And it was great because I like tulips as well. So that so that worked out. Hey, look, hey, that's, that, I agree. I agree. So, uh, Java, a question. Yeah. Do you really like Valentine's Day, or is it just something that you feel that you need to participate in? Do you enjoy it? Uh, Valentine's Day, it's okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> come on, Java. I mean, you know, it's 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 okay. It's a day. Uh huh. That's all. all right. That's all I say. It's a day because honestly, it's a it's a lot of pressure. It's a pressure day. Oh. It can be. You know, it's so like you, you, what did you do for Valentine's Day? You feel a little bit of the obligatory giving pressure. Yeah, because like I said, no, everybody's like, "Well, what did you do for Valentine's Day?" But uh-huh. nobody talks about that second Thursday. Right. You know, of of the other week. That's right. You know? I, mean, I mean, people. <laughs> Now that things have loosened up a little bit, people are going out to eat more, right. yeah. I mean, as you can see it, and they're spending a little bit more money. So, I mean, you know, Valentine's Day is kind of a day that everybody, there's the pressure to show how much you love someone and just mm-hmm. in, instead of just showing them how, how much you love them every day. Why you got to pick one day? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, you would think it, some, there was a lot of thought process behind the fact that Valentine's Day was created by the uh, greeting card company. Sure, this is a Hallmark But, it, but it, was, it really wasn't. It was it, not. It, it was not. But that's a lot of people thought that. So. It's it's Saint Valentine. It's Saint Valentine. He was a martyr. He was and, a martyr. And when they and they um, they celebrate that. Well, celebrate. It was first was on the fourteenth, and I think it was uh, the first Valentine's Day for couples was celebrated in uh, fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred. Wow. Yeah. Now, Joe, do you enjoy Valentine's Day? Do you look forward to it? I look forward to it because Mary Pryor and I have we do things together. Mm-hmm. together. So we're going to cook tonight together. We're going to do well. We already have this done: the Jacques Pepin's uh, chicken liver pate, pate, uh-huh. and then we're going to do the beef bourguignon. So we're looking forward to doing that, and that's fun. Okay. Well, I did a little reading, and it, and, and what I was reading was, you know, it, some people don't like it. It's obligatory. They just sort of go through the through the motions, um, but it is. A day that is set aside for us to pay attention to each other. True. And in that way, I think it has value. Okay. Uh, whether I believe it's a hallmark, <laughs> e- you know, a pressure obligatory giving day or not. But it is fun uh, 
Enter, give, and receive, and it's a, a good day to tell folks that you love them and that you might ordinarily not. I do not. agree. If you have an opinion about Valentine's Day, you're welcome <clears throat> to give us a call us here at the station. We'd be happy to discuss uh, the joy of Valentine's Day or the dread, whatever uh, <laughs> is your uh, opinion, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. But there was an awful lot of flowers and cards and candy uh, hand, being handed out today, that's for sure. And, and Java, you were talking about Nandy's Candy. and uh, Yeah, the local that- <laughs> candy shop here in the uh, Jackson metro area. And, I mean, if you haven't pre-ordered... Well, I don't want. I want to speak because if you if you need something, go there. Yeah. But if, <laughs> oftentimes it's been my experience because I've had to spend some time in that line in the line <laughs> <laughs> to get my to get my chocolates on uh on Valentine's Day. But Nandy's Candies is a great a great spot, and they will serve you right now. But you're saying don't even think about going up there today. No, not if it, not if you're just going for, you know, a random truffle or not something. Not if you're going to get jelly bellies, just stay there you home. Go. Yeah, stay home on today. <laughs> now, Joe, you've been to a lot of restaurants. What's the most romantic restaurant you can recall ever going to? Ever? Ever? Jackson and, or anywhere? Well, let's talk about Mississippi. Okay. And, and then if you've got one that's an all-time favorite that Perhaps it was Italy or wherever you've been. I mean, that's okay, too. I think here, I think in Jackson, I would have to say Walker's. Mm-hmm. I would say Shapley's. Yep. I would say, but one of my favorites was always Tavern on the Green in New York. Ah. I thought it was extremely romantic. Okay. That's, that's, that's those, good. Those are, my, those are good. Good. Java, you got a favorite or a um, couple favorites? I guess I'll say... Um, Oh, I haven't been there in, in a while, but uh, the Parker House. Oh wow! Um, mm-hmm. um, it, it was real quaint. Quaint, but, but also, um, you know, romantic is depending on who you're there with. That's right. You know. Well, how about just beautiful? <laughs> uh, you know, beautiful settings and that sort of thing. Um, hmm. Great restaurants in New Orleans. There's a, a whole bunch. Oh yeah. Um, you know. Uh, I like going to Galatoire's. It's a very Galatoire's. special restaurant. Um, and uh, there's some small neighborhood places, of, of course, that are, that are... I love the Napoleon House. I don't think of it as a restaurant, but I think of it as a place that is full of intrigue. Isn't that the Pimm's Cup place? That's right. The Pimm's Cup. Cup. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That's right. If you have a favorite uh, res- restaurant uh, and you want to share it with us, we'd love to hear from you. We've got a couple of callers. We've got Don calling. He's on the road. What's cooking, my friend? Hello, Don. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Great. Hey, look, uh, I just want to agree with the gentleman that was talking about how uh, Valentine's Day is pretty much an obligation. Mm. You know, uh, if, if, if we just holiday of, 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 of the New Year and then Christmas and then Thanksgiving, it seems like every three to four weeks day of the holiday so when valentine's day come up you know it's, it's kind of hard on a guy uh-huh. you know? yeah it's really hard on a guy and especially if you got more than than, than one woman you got to take care of like your daughter good save joe <laughs> <laughs> the, eyes, the, eyes got, the eyes got big in the studio <laughs> hey I'm, I'm staying as safe as i can but i met my i met my daughters uh-huh okay <laughs> but you know uh and, and i'm glad you guys uh 
gave that information of St. Valentine's because a lot of people never knew that, and they mm-hmm. still don't know that. They just go along with what is being put out there for us. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think Valentine's Day is a great day. It's a good day to show love. It truly is because that's what the saint did. That's why he was martyred. He showed love. That's right. Um, but, you know, I, that was just my opinion of it, and I agree with the young man that, you know, it's, it's, it's more of an obligation nowadays. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, Don, for calling in on the road and safe travels out there. Keep both hands on the wheel, and uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts on Valentine's Day. We've got a caller in Hattiesburg whose name I can't uh, really Ray Lonnie. Ray Lonnie. Hello, Ray Lonnie. Hello. It's Ray Lonnie, and I'm happy, but Valentine's Day is not a good day for young widows like me. Hmm. That's a good and, point. Well, your children are not going to be thinking about you in a in a, a you know that love way, right? And and when you don't have anyone else, it's kind of a sad day. And did did anyone say or know that there is no Saint Valentine's? He was desainted back in the late fifties or the sixties by the Catholic by the Pope. Wow! What did he do? I don't know what what he, if he did anything, but some, whatever makes you a saint in the eyes of the Catholic Church, right? Sainted, so it's really just Valentine's Day. So he got decommissioned. I got you. Uh, he was desainted. Okay. Well, that is uh, good news. I mean, that's not good news, but we <laughs> appreciate you sharing a good update there on on these former St. Valentine's. And, and I appreciate you sharing your perspective about days like Valentine's Day can be hard on people, you know, who are uh, widowed or who are living alone and their kids are gone and such. But thank you so much for calling. And, and should, do you have a favorite restaurant yeah. that you could share with us? No? Okay, well, thanks for calling and thanks for listening. And we are talking a lot about Valentine's Day, and we had a little bit of misinformation there that we didn't know about. What you playing over there, Joe? I'm just looking. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. <clears throat> when we come back, we're going to have uh, two special guests on the phone. We're going to talk about Sherman's Restaurant in uh, Greenville, and Joe Sherman knows a little bit about that. But we would always welcome your participation. If you want to join the conversation, we're right here. Love to hear from you. 1-877-672-7464. Joe Sherman and Java Chapman and Malcolm White will return after a short break. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. All right, welcome back to Deep South Dining. Joe Sherman here for Carol Puckett, Java and I. 
as per usual. Now, Joe, you thought of one of the I restaurants while we were on break. Most romantic, a sign of the dove in New York City. Unbelievable. Uh, okay. it, was, it was gorgeous. Anyway, had to get that in. Keep that one, uh, Keep that one. <clears throat> on your list. All right, we're going to switch gears here a, a little bit and talk about quick trip to Greenville. Talk about a place that has served the Greenville community since 1947. And that's a place called Sherman's. And Joe Sherman, you and your family are going to tell us a story yes. about an eatery in Greenville. Yes, we have uh, Charles Sherman on the line, I believe. Charles, you there? I'm here, Joe. Good All right, morning. Good, good to hear from you. The Sherman family, there were six Sherman brothers and one sister in our father's family, which Charles and our cousins. And four of the, four of the brothers were in the grocery store business, and two of them were uh, merchants. One had a shoe store and one had a men's store. But... Uh, I will let Charles tell you the story about Sherman's Grocery and how it started, where the concept came from, and how it moved into a full-serve restaurant. Charles, let us let us hear from you. Good morning, Joe. Good. And uh, uh, well, in uh, 1947, my mother and dad, Charles and Rosalie Sherman, opened uh, a corner grocery store on the corner of Main and Reed Road in Greenville. Um, it was a neighborhood grocery where. Uh, mother and dad worked in the front of the store and then had a little apartment in the back of it. Uh, and that's where they uh, resided during those days. And in the late uh, 1950s, uh, the grocery store got uh, got a lot of competition around in the neighborhood. And uh, uh, mother and dad decided to open a little deli in the back of the restaurant. We called it the snack bar, uh, where we served hamburgers and uh had a, a cook named Tommy Lee Brown. She <clears throat> it was hamburgers and homemade lemon icebox pie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it uh, they ran it like that until, uh, oh, in the 50s and early 70s, Dad decided uh, he'd bust the wall out, and we started serving uh, plate lunches. And uh, had about 50 seats inside, actually inside the grocery store. Uh, and during that time, uh, I was in college at uh, Delta State and left and decided to come home and help my dad in the restaurant. And in the late 1970s, my wife, Carol, and I bought the business from mother and dad in 1978. Uh, we ran it as a grocery and deli uh, until October of 84, and I decided that competition was just getting stronger and stronger and we needed to do something else to stay alive. And I decided to turn the, uh, restaurant or the grocery and deli into a full service lunch and dinner restaurant. And, uh, we went from there, uh, was with the support of the, uh, Arklamis area. And it was actually a big hit and we ran it as such, uh, until, uh, 1984, I decided that uh, we would convert it into the full-service lunch and dinner restaurant, and uh, we ran it uh, uh, as such until uh, in 2012, we uh, decided that uh, we would, uh, it was time to maybe move on, and we sold it to Allison and Peter Nimrod, uh, and they are still the current owners and have done an outstanding job, and I'm so proud of them, and it's 
still operating as Sherman's Restaurant today in Greenville. That, that's great, Charles. You kept, you kept the, the family name is still, because the family name is real strong in the Arklamas area. Uh, the, the, we are very fortunate to have that heritage. And I think we have Allison on the line to kind of talk about where we are today. And uh, it's great having, having you on this morning, Allison. And we, we'd love to hear your story and uh, let the people in, on the listening audience know about uh, where you, how, how, what's happened since uh, you took it over from Charles. Well, hello, good morning, and thank you for having me this morning. Um, yeah, so we've been we've been quite busy since 2012. Um, so my husband and I, you know, we're not in the restaurant business at all, but I had some some sort of food in my background, um, like maybe eight to ten years of, of just being in the restaurant world and so I was in a medical imaging company at the time, and our office was across the street from Sermons, which was on the corner of South um, Main and Reed. So one day I walked over, and he was Mr. Sherman was so busy, and I was I basically was just like, "Would you like to sell your restaurant?" <laughs> and I had not <laughs> I had not discussed it with my husband. I had not asked for permission. <laughs> wow! I just thought I have an idea, and it may or may not work. Well, Mr. Sherman was so busy. It was a Wednesday, and um, he was the only one at the register. <laughs> and he was basically like, really? He, just <laughs> he was really nice about it. But so um, I'm going to tell this part, and Mr. Sherman's going to be like, no, I didn't do that. But he did. He was like, well, I'm still really young and active. Like, I do a lot. I can still play golf all the time. Like, I am not ready to retire. And so I guess he thought I was putting him out in the pasture, but I was not. Um <laughs> So anyway, fast forward to about four years later, I came in with a friend and we were having lunch and he just walked up and he said, hey, are you still interested in my restaurant? And I said, well, he had promised me that day that if he were ready to sell the restaurant, he would contact me first. And so four years later, he walks up and asks me and the rest is history because um, I went home to my husband and I was like, remember that idea that you were so thankful did not come to pass? <laughs> well, <laughs> that dog is barking again. So um, he, and so anyway, we, we just went through the steps to make it happen. And I mean, we couldn't be more thankful and honored to, you know, have gotten to be in this position and, and allowed to keep the family name. Like, he entrusted me to keep his good name in place. So I was, and, and all of your good name in place. So I was very flattered and honored for that. That's great. So are you anticipating a busy Valentine's dinner tonight, uh, Allison? Uh, yes, all the Valentines are busy. All the Valentines are busy for every restaurant <laughs> everywhere. Um, but um, what, we, what we did was that we had decided that we were going to close on Mondays for um, our restaurant. But for Valentine's Day, of course, we're going to be open because, you know, there's no better way to say I love you than to come to eat at Sherman's. There you, know? you go. Um, and so um, we're going to be open tonight. We're, we, you know, since, since when in 2012, whenever we bought the restaurant, we have had, you know, New Year's Eve and Valentine's were some of our busiest, busiest days, of course. I think Mr. Sherman said that he had not had a valentine's or new year's eve new year's eve out in like 27 years or something like that <laughs> so whenever we uh bought the restaurant he probably didn't know what to do with himself for a few years um 
but tonight we will be extremely busy. We are full. We are full, and but we also we, I say we're full of reservations. But what happens is the smart people will come in and eat early and go home, and the husbands are like, "I've got the roses. I got the dinner reservation. We ate the steak. It was delicious. Let's go home and chill out for the rest of the evening." <laughs> so that happens too. Um, so we're always able to pretty much seat everyone who shows up to want to eat with us. We almost never have to turn anyone away. That's nice. That's just wonderful. So for our listeners who don't know, Allison, what uh, is the fair? What is the menu? What are the specialties of the house at Sherman's? Uh, Sherman's, I guess there were Lebanese dishes once upon a time. Right, Joe? Yep. Sherman's on, but tell them, Allison, tell them about Sherman's on South Maine. Okay, so Sherman's on South Main um, was opened October the 1st after we suffered a terrible fire in the original building um, in January 8th of 2021. So here we are, 2021 in October. We reopened in the previous Fava Grocery, Sarika Grocery location, and that's where we are now. Um, so we are not in the original building, unfortunately, that we, we are not there anymore. We are in a new location, though, and just right down the road because, to be honest, this is the center and the heart of the Greenville, you know, city. We, we're right here in the middle of everything, and so I knew that when we reopened, we wanted to be here. Um, back to your question about our menu, um, tonight we're going to have, well, we have all of our regular items, too, most of them, but tonight we're also going to have, like, a T-bone a um, sausage and andouille and cheese stuffed pork chop mm. with mushroom gravy, crawfish etouffee, pasta scampi, fried oysters. Um, we've got a lot of delicious things on the menu. And, you know, I'm sitting here with one of Mr. Sherman's very first menus in front of me. And um, it's, so, it's so neat because, like, the things that we have tonight, fried oysters, the... Um, you know, filet and those kinds of things. Those are all on his original menu. It's so cool. I'm, I'm loving this. Um, someone brought me this, although we had one. Um, we already had one, but someone brought me one recently. It's got, like, our fried shrimp that we still serve today. Um, the, like I said, the ribeye, the filet mignon, the shish kebab, the hamburger steak. All of these are from, like, 1985, and they are still on our menu today because you just can't beat a good old classic. But, Allison, what about the cost of oysters this, these days? Oh, you want to talk, you want to talk about my eighty dollar oysters? <laughs> it's oh, unbelievable! My oh, I know, but they are so delicious. When I tell you they are delicious, I mean, we ordered two um, containers, two buckets. I just call them buckets. They're five pound buckets. So per five pound buckets, it's right at eighty dollars. It's not a little more, and. Um, we bought two last week because I had, you know, not had them up to that point, right. waiting for them to stabilize. And when I tell you they ran out the door, it's as if we we didn't even know what happened. Within two days, two and a half days, we were completely out of oysters. And I looked at my um, head chef, Nicole, and I was like, we are in so much trouble. <laughs> I mean, we are out of oysters, and I put it out there that we have Uh-oh. them. So, um we scrambled, and we just wanted the only the oysters that come up from the Gulf, of course. And so, it's, anyway, we're back on track with those. But, yeah, the oysters, they're, they're killing it right now. <laughs> Unbelievable. We were pricing our menu the other day, and it's, it's almost like, you know, sticker shock. Hmm. So, Charles, are you eating at Sherman's tonight? 
he said. Well, I'm actually, my wife and I have retired to Oxford, and uh, uh, no, I'm, I can't quite get to Greenville tonight, <laughs> but but I can tell you, uh, uh, whenever I get get a chance to go back, uh, I always go by and visit, and I cannot tell you what an outstanding job uh, Allison and Peter have done with the restaurant, and I couldn't be more proud uh, to have sold it to them. They were perfect. And uh, the uh, the fried oysters, uh, a little story, uh, that's one of my favorites. And I knew oysters had gone up so high. And I called Allison. I said, do you have the oysters on the menu? And she said, not yet. She said, you know how high they are. I said, well, I, I talked to our old seafood man, uh, Ray, down in Jackson, the Louisiana <laughs> Seafood. And I said, Ray, what about the He said, well, actually, they're starting to get good. Again, nice size, and it was. I called Allison, and uh, the I, I think it was within a day or so she had them on the menu, and that's when she told me they were flying out the door. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they are really, really good, and I, I think they're some of the best fried oysters you can get anywhere. And uh, uh, so, no, we're we're residing here in Oxford and taking it easy. Uh, okay, there you go. They got some good eats in Oxford. No doubt. <laughs> All right, we got a couple of callers we're going to try to squeeze in here. We're running a little short on time, but from Natchez, we have Lavada. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, Hello, Lavada. Right. How, you, how you doing? Really Listen, good. I to the previous caller talked about St. Valentine was decommissioned. Actually, there were three Valentines. The first one, he was actually uh, put to death by Claudius the Cruel of Rome because the men were so in love with their families, they wouldn't go to war. So he started to, he, de- he decommissioned Valentine. He drug him through the street, and, and, they, and they killed him. And, and basically, there were two more. I watched the History Channel a lot. It <laughs> sounds like it. Valentine's that were saints during the Roman, uh, uh, you know, up until like 476. So actually, the, the rumor is, and I'm going to say this and let you go, the first Valentine, while he was jailed, the jailer's daughter sort of fell in love with him, and uh, when he, him, he sent her a note saying, "From your Valentine." But he was not; he was killed by Claudius. I believe it was Claudius the Cruel. It's a lot of history there, but we really appreciate the <laughs> continuing saga of Saint Valentine's here on our show. We again, we're running a little short on time, but we got Chico from Oxford calling in. What's cooking, Chico? Y'all pardon me, I might get a little emotional talking about romance, my redheaded woman, and food. <laughs> but, but romantic restaurants, for me, would be Johnny's Drive-In in Tupelo. That's of where course. I took her. That's the first restaurant I took her to in 1985. Uh-huh. But for pure romance in Tupelo, it would be Park Heights. Park in Heights. In downtown Tupelo. It's a nice place. Fine, wonderful place. It's known for that kind of thing. But we got a lot of places that are important to us. Romantically, like Proud Larry's in Oxford, Betty Davis Barbecue in Southern Marshall County. There, a, a trip to Jazz Fest for us is not a trip to Jazz Fest unless we're at on Monday morning at ten minutes after nine a.m. sitting outside Central Grocery eating muffalettas with a bottle of right, There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Up in Asbury Park, New Jersey, we got this place called Frank's Diner that we always hit when we're leaving town. And it's been open about 100 years, was wow. remodeled in 1960. And we feel like it's ours. But our most romantic meal was last Labor Day in New York when we were had gone up there to see Springsteen on Broadway. And weirdly enough, it was still kind of locked down 
afterwards, and we couldn't find a place to eat in the Broadway district after the show. And we found this little, you know, there's a little places in New York. It might just be called Slice, and they're just a a real local family are selling slices of cheese pizza. Right. Maybe it's in Tony. And it was the only place that we could find open. And we went in there, and we got slices of cheese pizza. And we went and sat in the back, and we had uh, just seen spring things way up close and personal, which was an important thing in our lives. And that might have been the best meal I ever had with her. I love her so much. Thank you, Chico. That's good stuff, my brother. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for sharing your Valentine's love with us on the air. Allison, do you have a favorite restaurant somewhere you want to tell us about besides your own? No, my own is my own is precious. <laughs> I, I have to be honest, but um, of course, when we're we have it, we have a baby boy at Oxford um, at Ole Miss graduating this year, and whenever we are there, we love Lenora's, a good old Greenville boy, Mike Rotera up there running that. Or Lenora's, there, mm-hmm. Lenora's, very delicious. I mean, you can't beat it. Um, I can't even tell you how many times my credit card has been hit for Lenora's <laughs> while my son has been there for the last four years. So, um, but anyway, yeah, we love we love going there. And honestly, last year we um, were not in the business at that time, and we did not go anywhere. I believe because we knew we knew that. We knew what what we we could relax and that right. we may not get that chance again, and yep. so we just stayed home and um, kind of chilled out that night. But um, I'm looking forward to this night. It's like a whole big adrenaline rush, and I'm kind of nerd. I woke up and just like had this buzz about you know about me, and I'm sure Mr. Sherman remembers that the day of Valentine's and. New Year's Eve, when you know you're going to get your socks knocked off of you, but you're ready for it. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> All right. Thanks to uh, Charles and Allison for joining us today and sharing a bit of the history of Sherman's in Greenville, Mississippi. Joe Sherman, thank you for uh, introducing us to these lovely folks. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you all so much. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Thanks. Our show was produced by Java Chapman. For my special guest co-host, Joe Sherman, and everyone at Sherman's in Greenville, I'm Malcolm White. We ask you to now please stay tuned for Marshall Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And please join Carol and I next Monday right here for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Happy Valentine's Day.